You're now entering a world where the world's greatest audience builders don't hide their secrets. This is How I Built My Audience with Blake Emmel. Sometimes you need help. It is the exchanging of that help that gets you 90% of your reviews. That's it. If you don't do that, if you don't sit here and act as a customer support role, you're just not going to get that many good reviews. People are going to give you one stars and two stars and three stars or nothing. This episode is brought to you by, well, me. Uh, my free Tuesdaily newsletter is called Creator Kit, and each issue aims to be worthy of mini course status. So join for free today at www.creatorkit.in. Again, that's www.creatorkit.in. We'll see you in there. We got Daniel. Wait. You're going to know Daniel as the cold email wizard. This is his actual face. He doesn't actually look like a wizard in real life. How you doing? <laughs> I don't have the wizard hat. <laughs> Do you have the staff? No, maybe I should buy one. I'll you go should. get one on Amazon and grab this. You should. There's some room on like on the left side of your screen there for, for a staff. You should definitely do that. <laughs> I <feel> like that yeah. <laughs> all right, man. This podcast is all about how you built your audience and we want to mm -hmm. give the people what they want. So I'm going to ask the questions leading up to all the Gumroad stuff because that's what people are really going to want to know from this interview. So we're going to take a journey here through how you built your audience from like Twitter, even before that, if you have anything before that, all the way up into getting paying Gumroad customers because you're doing it just about as well as anybody out there. Probably the best that, that I'm seeing. There's another guy, Matthew, that's doing it. The, the agency course is doing pretty much similar mm. things, but you're, yeah, you're pretty much the champion of Gumroad at this point. So let's get to that point. But we'll start first with who is your audience? You can be as specific or general as you want, but who are you actually looking at? Who do you care about? Okay. So my audience, who I sell my stuff to are freelancers or agency owners. So anyone who's selling some kind of B2B service, so any kind of marketing agency, if you're selling a B2B digitally rendered service, you are my audience. Okay. And how do you, what, what's been the importance of excluding people from that? Because you're one of the people I've, I've actually seen you talk about specifically not going after everybody having a, a really niche kind of topic. Well, your, your name itself in your Twitter is cold email wizard. Okay. So cold email, mm -hmm. small subset of marketing, right? So you're not like marketing wizard. What, how has exclusion actually been a benefit to your strategy? Okay. So let me give you two instances here. So there's, so I have an agency, right? I send cold emails for other people and I have the Gumroad course, right? Where it teaches you how to send cold emails yourself, mm -hmm. right? So let's say I'm on a sales call for the agency. I'm going to sell someone on cold email as a service. When I'm asking them qualifying questions. So for, in order for it to work, you need to have certain parameters, right? You need to be charging at least $3,000 per month. You need to have case studies with clients. You need to your offer needs to be proven. It has to already work. So I'm not working with a beginner. Oh, you just started an agency. Yeah, let's send code. No, I'm not working with you. You can go do it yourself, but I'm personally not going to work with you, right? Now that, that's for me doing it like the done for you service, mm -hmm. right? And if any of those parameters don't hit, I'm just going to tell them, no, I can't do this for you because it literally will not make economic sense based on what I'm going to charge you. Like I'm going to charge you $3,500 a month. And so if you didn't, if you didn't hit those parameters, this just is not going to make logical sense. So when like a month or two has elapsed and your cash flow negative because you can't close your calls because you don't actually have a proven business yet, you're going to think it's on me. And that's just not the case whatsoever. 
And now let's translate this back over to the Gumroad course, right? On my sales page, I say, if you do not sell B2B services, do not buy this course. If you're selling like, if you're selling yoga mats for your e-commerce store and you want to mass email like <laughs> no i don't teach you how to do that i'm teaching you how to get phone calls for b2b services and if i sat here and i didn't have that exclusionary mechanism someone would probably think oh i'm gonna go to this course i'm gonna learn how to sell my e-commerce product and then they're gonna rate it one star and then they're gonna ask for a refund and then i'm gonna get bad rep for that it's like all right no I'd, I'd rather not have that cash and keep a good reputation which will further translate into the future and more goodwill yeah. it's for a very particular kind of person if you're selling anything you don't have some kind of exclusionary note you need to rethink your entire strategy because it's like you need to do that it's you're gonna have way too many headaches you're selling to the wrong person you need to exclude people yeah what we're looking at basically is in the short term i'm sure you're sacrificing deals here and there where you're going to exclude people so short term maybe you take a hit here and there long term though the social proof that you build up is that you basically never miss because you know how to work with a certain person that meets certain requirements. So if you can do that and make it work, you basically never miss because you're never onboarding the wrong people, which is, I think like a lot of agency models, it's we'll take on whoever because we need to make money, but that's not always the case. You got to pick your clients wisely and you got to pick your audience mm -hmm. wisely. So I, I love what you're saying here. And I'm curious, translating that into you start, you've got your audience who you're talking to, was Twitter the first place where you really went all in? Was there somewhere else that you've been focusing? No, it was Twitter. That's where I sold the course. The only location I sold the course is Twitter. So the reason why I made a course is because two reasons. I'd get on sales calls with those like lower level people and they'd be like, hey, if you could just teach this to me without having to pay you for a done for you service, I would totally buy that if you made a course or something. And I heard that a couple of times. I'm like, okay. And then I'm on Twitter. I was like, I had a personal account mm -hmm. and I was on Twitter and seeing Gumroad screenshots from people like, oh, they're making all this money with a course. I'm like, I might as well try and capture that area of people who don't have enough money for done for you and just give them, just sell them the info. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And now I captured that share of the audience, but I did it all. I did it all on Twitter. I don't work anywhere else. And I've done some Facebook ads and I, I those did well. I got like a three X row ass on that for a little bit. And then that kind of died off, but I think it was because I needed to make more creative. So I hired someone to do that for me, but yeah, it's all Twitter. I start, I started this Twitter account, Cody my wizard in like May 20th, 2020. So it's been like, seven months so far. I have 22,000 followers. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm curious, like for the people out there asking, or maybe they're saying to themselves, okay, I got an idea. I got something kind of niche that I could sell or just ideas I could formulate and account around, but should I just do it under my name or should I come up with some kind of alias almost? So you've got the cold email wizard alias and you're hiding behind that picture. So a lot of people don't know who you actually are. Some people do, but I'm curious what led up to that decision and how you would counsel somebody trying to make a similar one. All right. So it's, I didn't use my personal account because I had people from like high school and whatnot follow me on the personal account. So it was like, it would like, I, I would be tweeting out stuff and it, it, it wouldn't be the right audience. And then that now this, that's just a negative feedback would be like, Oh, nobody cares about this. That's just like totally incorrect. It's just the mm -hmm. wrong audience. But like, let me just start from scratch and do this the correct way. And get, cause I don't want to manually go and block all those people. And I wouldn't say I'm trying to hide my identity because it's sure. not hard right. to figure out who I am. Like it, I show my face in my court. You, you watch my course. Like, yeah, you're there. <laughs> it's, I felt like having that kind of 
alias Cody Mel Wizard, it's so absolutely niched down where it's like the name is Cody Mel Wizard. I don't want to put my like Daniel. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> there's a million and a half Daniels. Right? No, there's only one Cody Mel Wizard. Right. So that's an advertisement in itself every time I have an impression on your timeline. Cold email wizard. It's just mm. it just made more sense to me. Where I was like, all right, let me do it like that. Cool. So it is are there instances where maybe you would have looked at it and made a different decision? What if if I came to you and said, All right, I'm gonna be something super niche down, like I'm gonna target doctors, I'm gonna do marketing for doctors, but I'm only gonna be using Facebook ads. So that's like my thing. So should I do like doctor Facebook ads? Or is is there an instance where I should just do my personal if I don't even have anybody else following me from like high school or my past or anything, if I'm totally starting from scratch? I think if you're gonna use like LinkedIn or something, if you're gonna use LinkedIn as your traffic mechanism, you, you need your real name. So like my LinkedIn, I use my real name. Twitter, you can do that kind of thing where it's like cold email wizard. And they're like, when I make the Facebook ads, it's cold email wizard or black hat wizard. Right. That kind of makes sense. Cold email wizard, it's cold email in entirety. If you were doing like lead generation for doctors or something, it, I don't know. That's you'd probably want to use your real name for that. It just made sense in my particular instance. Right. It was like cold email wizard. I was like, okay, yeah, 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 I'll do that. But if you were doing like Facebook ads for doctors, no, you should probably use your probably use your real name for that. It just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense if you made it a little more professional. Yeah, I guess if you're working with doctors and professionals, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's keep going on because we're eventually we're gonna get to this Gumroad stuff, but we got to talk a little bit more about Twitter before we get to that point because it's been a huge driver. One of you, you mentioned the only driver really of the course basically is do you just use Twitter as the engine? So what inflection points in your Twitter growth have you noticed just like specific events that seem to trigger growth for you? And why do you think that stuff happened? What can you learn from it? What, what were the major events or changes in your Twitter growth? Okay. So what a lot of people do is they'll find some kind of like extremely good hack, something that really works and they'll keep it to themselves. I'll just tweet it out to the whole public. Hey, do this. And a lot of people, they used to say, I don't know why people say this. They're, they're like, oh, oh so platitude, a thousand likes, uh, actionable content, 10 likes. And that's just totally not the case in my, I put some kind of like actionable thread, like step-by-step step, do this works. Make sure you don't do this. You got to make sure you do this. And something that really works. And I get tons of engagement. I don't know why people have this thing where, oh, you put real stuff, it doesn't work. I don't know what you're talking about because the more real stuff, good stuff I put, the faster I grow. I can make a thread and I get, I get, a, I get like 150 retweets, like 900 likes on a thread if it's good content. People will share your good content. So I, I, don't, I, I don't agree with that, what people are saying. So like inflection point – when I started growing rapidly, so I made it in May. When I started growing rapidly, it was August. The reason why was because in August, I made 13 threads. 13 in August. And I gained 5,000 followers just in August. Okay, now you have this base, right? Okay, so now I got the traffic. Some of those people end up buying the course. Some people apply the course. They buy the course, they apply the course, and they get the results from the course, and they post the results from the course, and I retweet it, and the more people see that, and it starts fueling this giant flywheel. Because if you follow what the course says, it works. So it's just going, and it's just this giant flywheel. And then whenever I find something else that works, I just post it again on Twitter. And now what happens is, like, you, 
Like all this stuff I said in August, I maybe had 3,000 people who followed me who saw like the first thread or something like that. So that's, I can literally go and recreate the same thing, just word it in a different way. And I have 20,000 more people who haven't seen it. So you're repurposing content over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And I've said like taking that point and just applying it to myself. I've said a few times on Twitter, I think the two most important things that you can do when you're tweeting, number one, you just have to be an interesting person because why would anybody care if you're not interesting or charismatic or helpful in some way? Like that's number one. If you're boring mm-hmm. and not giving anything valuable away, okay, obviously there's your problem. But number two is if you're interesting, you have to still give that stuff away for free. So that's like second part of the equation. If you're interesting and you actually just give everything away for free, which is basically what you just said. You said you'll find something out that really works. Give it to everybody. That's basically your strategy. That's what works. You give stuff away for free. People like that. If you're interesting while you do it, people like it even more. There's your engagement. So that's always worked really well for me. And I think that's basically what you're you're saying. You know what's really weird I found as well, just because – I know, maybe it's just the translation of my actual personality into the way I write things, but I'm, I'm vulgar on Twitter. I use curse words because not a lot of people do that. You think that it does pop up every here, here and there, but like I'll, I'll say curse words on Twitter and that's not very common. I, I won't do it in an obnoxious way, but like I will insert them in there somewhere like a, like you're scrolling the timeline and that catches your attention. Right. And I'll, I'll be extremely direct in what I say to where it's not like a standard. It's not like a platitude. Like you'll see platitudes and cool, but you have to like translate this into like your own personality. Like how would you personally say that? I don't know. If you're a genuinely interesting person, it's actually difficult to not grow on Twitter. It really is. If you, if you just explain, just say the things that you're thinking, then it somehow just results in you getting followers. And another thing is you got to make friends on Twitter. You got to be replying to people and say what's up to them. And then you make friends and then they start replying to your stuff. But, but you don't do it in an, in an obnoxious way. I hate when I make a tweet and someone rewords the tweet that I put as if they're, I'm like, bro, shut up. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You gotta be really tactful with how you respond. Like my best advice that I could ever give myself or anybody else is just when you're writing something down online, just say it out loud to yourself before you yes. send it. Just does that sound like a human being would say this thing or does it sound like C-3PO would say this thing? Like it out loud. Yes, it's yeah. perfect. Let me translate this back. <laughs> it's not, you don't, you don't write it first and then speak it out. You speak it out loud first and then write. Yeah. No, that's you even yeah. around. And then do it and then speak it again just to make sure you didn't lose any trade. Yeah. yeah. If you can write like you talk, you're already ahead of 99% of people because most people are like, today I'm going to XYZ and they like they just sound super robotic. I, I can't stand that. Well, okay, we got we could go super deep in all this crap, but <laughs> let's get into Gumroad. Okay. So Twitter's the engine. You mentioned the flywheel. You get people into the Gumroad course initially. Maybe let's say you get a hundred people in from the initial launch. Then maybe if you're lucky, 10% of those people actually go through the entire course and apply it. They will see results because it's a really niche offer that works. Then they, those 10 people retweet it. 
there's your flywheel it keeps going on and then you can just you'll have new followers you can repurpose content already you can retweet those reviews so it's pretty obvious what's going on there but i'm curious outside of that what your strategy has actually been for getting customers on gumroad besides just like asking hey i launched this course do you want it what's been your strategy for getting customers to gumroad initially i literally just leave it at the link in my bio now, you have to have a well-written sales page, but here's the thing. I am my target market, so I don't have to sit here and do all this market research because I, I, I literally am the target. I know what to write I, because I knew what I wanted. Had I, If I had to start all over again, I'm just writing the sales page as if I'm speaking to the version of myself that existed two years ago. So it's like, okay, I know what I needed, so I'm just going to put all of that in the course and tell them it's inside the course. Okay, bam, so you got all that stuff. Perfect. Now, you're just tweeting now. Like, you're just tweeting. Like, guides. So what's inside the course? Okay, make a thread. Okay, here's a video on the course. I'm going to make a thread and show you, like, what's actually – literally what you do is tweet out what's inside your course for free. <laughs> right? And then the course shows them how to do it. And there's, like, small little intricacies that you'll need to explain to certain people. It's like, okay, I'm telling you to use this software in the tweet. But you don't know what buttons to click in the software. And you might have to, if you did it yourself, you might have clicked this thing wrong. And no, you got to make sure you do it like that. And, right? You, you explain what's inside your course. And then the course is showing them. Like, it's walking them through a handhold, right? Now, a lot of that, I know what you were saying is, well, like 10% of people who take the course are going to actually apply. I have found that an extremely large percentage of the people who buy my course actually start using it. And I know this for a fact because I see my daily sales numbers and I keep my DMs open and then I get a certain amount of DMs per day. Mm. So if 10 people bought it in a day, I get like six DMs per day. Then I know very large people, large percentage of people are starting to like actually do it. And I believe the reason why is because of the intro video. I made an intro video and basically it told you to stop being a pussy and exactly what to do. And it must be the demeanor with which I'm expressing my words, but I'm trying, I'm, I was trying to make it very clear to these people in the intro that like, if you just do what I say, it works. Mm. And the simple fact is that it does. So the fact that I just, like, you buy a course and you start watching my course, you're like, oh, this is, I've, no one does it like this. It's extremely direct. A lot of people like to sit here and put their life story. It's like fluffing to go, uh, it just takes forever. Yep. But mine, it's just fast. It's, just, it's very fast. Like this, don't do this. Right? The, yeah. Just, straight lines do this and i don't know i guess it's just the presentation of the material but you gotta hype these people up like a lot of people be like they'll mess with me do that intro video you got me so hyped like i'm so ready to work at this and i'm like yes do it and i have a vested interest in you wanting to buy the course and applying the course because then you'll post results from the course and then I can retweet that and then I'll get more people to do it. Yeah. So now I've got all these people messaging me for help. And a lot of people are like, oh, bro, this is too much. I'm going to turn off my DMs. I'm like, no, leave your DMs on because you want them to succeed because they're going to post the results and you're going to get more sales. Yeah, this is a full-time job. Customer support. Deal with it. And then I have software apps too. So it's like if you are invested in making this business work, you're literally purchasing my software apps as well. Mm flywheel over and over again your job is customer support now deal with it like you need like you're selling a course 
make sure these people win because they bought the course for a very particular outcome. And you better do everything you possibly can to make sure they achieve that outcome. Yeah, I want to reiterate this for people that didn't hear your loud yelling into the microphone here. <laughs> the course is meant to be applied and actually get results. And I say this and emphasize this because I've taken so many freaking courses in my life online. And I feel like almost none of them live up to the hype of what they build up at all in their sales pages. Almost none of them are really actionable. They're mostly just stuff that you could easily learn by Googling stuff for free. Yeah. Most of them, I think they were just created to make money rather than tackle the depth of the issue. And so definitely like I've taken the course. I didn't really know a lot about the first part of the, the process with like DMARC and setting everything up. And so that was super helpful for me. So I went through that whole thing and it was like really energetic up front, very short to do's like actionable stuff in the videos. I, I really liked that. And I did feel like your course was actually meant to step-by-step step get you into a system where you could see success if you just did the thing. Whereas a lot of courses, there's a lot of information, but maybe it, it's just kind of information. It doesn't really help you to act on it. So I do appreciate that. And I think that's key for, if you want to have a course that's differentiated and is just like everything else, keep this in mind, this conversation. But last question here before I let you go is around the reviews. So over the weekend, you passed 400 five-star reviews on, on Gumroad, which is probably one of the highest rated on Gumroad still, it's big, but it's not like the most massive marketplace in the entire universe. So this is one of the bigger courses on there now. I want to know your whole system for getting reviews, for continually asking for them, for what you do with them after you actually get them. Like, how are you leveraging it? So if you could just walk me beginning, present, and, and, and after of the whole getting reviews system, that would be great. Yeah. So what I do is uh, two days after they buy the course, I tell them, I send them an email. I'm like, hey, I'm going to review your cold email script if you send it to me. And I'd appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. Well, I don't even say five-star. I just say a review. And then, like I mentioned earlier, you get so many DMs if you leave your DMs open. And it is the replying to those DMs that will result in you getting reviews. So I see this all the time and I've thought about turning my DMs off, but I just don't feel comfortable doing that because if someone needs help, they've given me their money and they need help, I'm going to give them help. Like I would not feel comfortable just taking their money essentially. Okay, you bought information, but like you need help, bro. Sometimes you need help. It is the exchanging of that help that gets you 90% of your reviews. That's it. If you don't do that, if you don't sit here and act as a customer support role, you're just not going to get that many good reviews. People are going to give you one stars and two stars and three stars or nothing, or they'll just never do it. It is someone's going to give you a review when they've achieved the goal of the course. So the, the higher percentage of people you can get to achieve their desired goal is how many reviews you get. So you better make sure everything you do is to increase the percent of people who mm -hmm. achieve their goal. Totally. Yeah. That's, I think for me, like learning from the course inside the course itself has been really valuable for the cold email mastery course. So everyone should check that out by the way. And I'll give you a chance to promote that in a second, but <laughs> 
even potentially more for me, more relevant was just how you actually built the course and trying to study that. There's a lot of lessons that you can look anywhere for like whether you, you need to get into cold email, maybe you're trying to build a course. Honestly, you could probably learn a lot about building a course by buying a course that is just really well put together, even if it's not exactly what you're like needing to do. And this is one of those examples. If you're looking for systems for getting reviews, building a great course, Cold Email Mastery is a great res uh, resource for that. Also, obviously, you could use it for its main purpose to actually get good at cold emailing for your agents. <laughs> but but that's, that goes without saying. Daniel, I'm going to let you go here, but I do, I do want to give you a chance really quick. Just talk about what you're working on. Talk about Contact Ecom. Talk about Cold Email Mastery. Whatever you want, where people can find you, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, so my Twitter is at Black Hat Wizard with two Ds. I have a course, Cold Email Mastery. It's for getting clients with cold email. I have a software app called Contact Ecom. It's contactecom.com. That's for scraping email addresses of e-commerce brands. And then I also have another tool for scraping LinkedIn searches. That's called cleanleads.com. It's it's clean with a K, cleanleads.com. Sweet. Man, this is awesome. I'm pumped up now. Let's go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to How I Built My Audience. If you found something noteworthy or interesting in this episode, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And hey, share it with a friend.